Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 370, Momentum Matrix and why momentum is critical to everything we do. Today we're going to talk about just that, the Momentum Matrix, what it is and why momentum is critical to everything that we do. So Dodd's your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Mike Berland, founder and CEO of Decode M, an insights and analytics firm, research and analytics firm, sorry, um, that decodes data into momentum for its clients. So welcome, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are and a bit about DKM and, and I guess where you are. Well, first of all, we are in beautiful New York City where it's a bright, crisp day. I am a, uh, actually I started my career as a political pollster and then I became a uh, analytics professional. I've had a couple of lives. Uh, first, starting in politics, working for Bill and Hillary Clinton and Mike Bloomberg, then taking the lessons from the campaign trail and applying it uh, to business as part of Edelman Public Relations. My company was Edelman Berland. And now this is my third startup, Decode M, where we decode data into momentum. Uh Uh-huh. So what does that mean? (laughs) Tell us more about momentum. Well, uh, decoding data into momentum is really all about uh, finding out what what matters and how to uh, keep things going forward. So momentum is comes from the classic uh, uh, physics. It's the, it's the sort of uh, study of motion. And in today's world, uh, it's not you have to have both mass and velocity to be successful in the marketplace. And so many brands, people, products are focusing on mass. But it's actually the velocity that keeps you that keeps them moving forward and creates the demand. And you've written a book on the topic, haven't you? I, I do get sent books occasionally for the show, and I have to admit to rarely reading them. <laughs> but on this occasion, I did read a couple of chapters of the book, and uh, I found it really readable. I, I was a bit sort of um, daunted about the concept of it being so much about um, data and analytics not being you know top of my agenda for <laughs> things that I'd normally read about but um, the way that you turn the you know the, the, the data and analytics into stories actually sort of was able to highlight what that really means in real terms is you know was great so I'm really looking forward to speaking to you today tell us a bit more about the importance of that of turning well, that data into, you know, real life, if you like. I think you really, you really hit on it, that the word momentum is used all the time. It, it's used in sports. The team has momentum. They've lost momentum. It's used in a company. That company 
has real momentum. It's used in brands or, or, or people they have momentum or they've lost the momentum. And yet it's always with this emotional word, um, a, a feeling, something that happened in your gut. And yet momentum itself has been around since Sir Isaac Newton and was a very well understood term in physics. So the challenge was, could you quantify uh, momentum and turn it into a metric of cultural relevancy? And so that um, using the data that was available, could you actually measure, does this brand, does this person, does this product have momentum? Have they, uh, are they gaining momentum? Have they lost momentum? And then how does momentum compare? And so it's, 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 I think with all of us who are doing analytics, it's how do you take the very um, uh, broad and the very um, uh, detailed and make it accessible to them? And, mo- and by measuring momentum, we've been able to do that. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the um, momentum matrix. You mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Tell us more about what that actually is. Well, the term momentum, is, if you're a physicist, it's wonderful. It's, it's mass times velocity. But what does that mean in the real world? What are the real drivers of momentum? So we broke momentum into, into five drivers that create the momentum matrix. So there's uh, disruption, innovation, polarization, stickiness, and social impact. And then we break down... Uh, well, what does that mean? So if you're using a momentum driver of disruption, how are you turning something on its head and doing something completely opposite? How are you disrupting a market or disrupting uh, a phenomenon? If you're talking about the driver of innovation, how are you making something um, incrementally better? Think of innovation as sort of uh, new and improved. If you're using the driver of polarization, that really um, – Polarized, polarization has been a word that's been demonized and politicized. But what we're talking about with polarization is who, who, are, who, is, um, who is this product for or who is this, uh, and then who is it not for? And so polarizing so you can identify the target. When we talk about stickiness, we're talking about is it memorable? Is, it, is there something that you will remember going forward? And then social impact, how is it making society better? And the issue for us is what combination of momentum drivers are you going to use in your professional or your personal life to achieve momentum? Yeah. And let's talk about how that momentum plays out in in leadership within businesses. And and I'm just thinking back to what I read in your book and and the whole concept of, I guess, momentum works Mm -hmm. Positively and negatively, it, it it doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. It could mean it's going <laughs> in the opposite direction quickly, doesn't it? Can't it? Um, well, talk about yeah. what what role it plays um, within businesses and, and leadership, but also perhaps bringing some examples of where uh, the momentum has carried organisations either in a good way or a bad way. <laughs> well, let's. I think let's establish one principle which you touched on. Momentum doesn't have a moral compass. Momentum doesn't, if you have momentum, it doesn't always mean you're going in the right direction and good things are happening. You can have momentum uh-huh. going the wrong direction. So that's, so that's number one. Momentum goes both ways. It, does, it goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways, it, it goes everywhere. 
Uh, yeah. When we talk about momentum as a as a leadership style, again, you've got to think about those drivers and how are you going to use them. So um, for a leader who is uh, uh, leading a, 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 is a disruptive leader who wants to change things and do things completely differently and lead an organization, that means they're going to literally um, stop doing uh, – stop having the company operate in a certain way and it's going to operate completely differently. It's going to disrupt the company um, and, and try to make it something completely different. In, in business, we work for a number of disruptors. Think about Airbnb, who disrupted the, the, the travel business and, and, had, and, and no longer were you staying in hotels, you're now staying in, um, in, in people's homes and, and, sharing, and sharing their homes, whether, you, whether you're sharing a room or you're sharing a different place. Uh, if you're a business leader who's using innovation, you're, um, that means you're looking to make the organization uh, uh, incrementally better, and you're leading you're leading the business through uh, innovative uh, transformation. That a great example of that would be like Apple, who uh, you know you know you have iPhone one, iPhone two, all the way to iPhone twelve. So they're constantly innovating. They're not disrupting. They're just every year doing something uh, better. If if you think of uh, leadership as sort of in, in polarization, that means extreme targeting of identifying who is right to be at this company and what we're doing and who is not right. So it, it would really be about driving the culture through uh, uh, the organization and, and making sure that you have a number of like-minded uh, people. Seeking uh, uh, it, uh, you know, something that's very memorable, is, is, is really uh, having something that uh, is, could be like a core value and that also can go to social impact. What impact are you having on society? Now, no one leader can have just one of the five. Typically, you combine a couple of them together. And one of the things that sort of strikes me is that if you have leaders who naturally have some of the sort of um, characteristics or the or the that would naturally be disruptive or perhaps naturally be innovators, that can have a really positive effect on an organization, but it can also work the opposite way. I think one of the examples in your book, I'm just trying to remember if it was Uber, was it, where the the, the leader was very disruptive, but also sort of almost managed in a disruptive way and, and, and lived life not quite well, the right Travis way for the organization in the end. Is that Travis, fair? Yeah, Travis, com- Travis was... Uh, was completely polarizing, and and uh, and, uh, and the whole organization and the culture was that of uh, you were with us or you were against us, and if you were uh, with us, we were going to achieve great success, and if you were against us, uh, we were going to basically uh, uh, steamroll you and push you out. And so you have a lot of those those cultures typically driven. A polarized culture is driven by a very strong leader who. Um, who is it, us against the world. And we all know those companies that feel that way, that they feel um, they can feel very driven to, um, to achieve an outcome of, uh, of success or domination or what have you, and they create that culture and, and find people who share that vision. I don't, I don't judge it, but it, it, you have to own it. Mm. And this is something that, 
that leaders are aware of and sort of um, shape, or, or is it just something that comes naturally to them and then gets reflected in their business? I mean, can you can you decide this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and and it work that way, or is it much more innate? No, I think you can you can decide to do it, but it has to be authentic. What what we know in in all of leadership is that if we're trying to lead an organization and we have to be authentic or the people we're trying to lead will not believe us, we won't have credibility. And so you can you can decide your leadership style, but it has to be authentic to your personality and you have to believe it. Mm. So how do you, as the leader of that organization, bring the people along with you with for that vision? How do, how do you make that happen? Is it is it different when we start talking about the principles of momentum to what we would normally talk about in terms of engagement? Well, the idea with momentum is you, you start to feel it. Um, momentum is measurable. It's obviously, um, there's obviously metrics, but it's also a feeling when you, when you have momentum, people want to work with you. They want to uh, buy your products. They give you permission to innovate. So momentum we, we, there's a lot of benefits of momentum. You're allowed to, when you have momentum, you're allowed to make mistakes and people will forgive you. If you don't have momentum, they don't want to work with you. They don't want to buy your products. When you make a mistake, they, they want to bail and say they're not uh, reliable or dependable or not a brand for me. So momentum has a number of, uh, of benefits that uh, come along with that with, with that uh, success. Hmm. So talk us through how you'd work with an organization in terms of sort of data and, and their momentum and how to sort of make it work well and better and, and move forward and so on. What, how does that work? Well, we, the, the first place we start off with our organization, what, what, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve, uh, and then we understand that, and then we start to measure their momentum in achieving that. So we'll understand what are the forces that are impacting their momentum. Uh, we measure their mass and their velocity to understand to what extent, uh, from mass, what is their awareness and how well are they known, and velocity is what is their level of engagement and what is the conversation that's going on around their brand, product, company, and, and then we start to, uh, to set goals. We also, momentum doesn't happen in a vacuum. So we'll also look at other uh, companies uh, to see what their momentum is to understand how they fit in in a competitive set or within uh, a, a, a sort of environment to assess their momentum versus somebody else's momentum. Mm-hmm. Do you get situations where what you can see in the data in terms of the momentum that a particular organization has is completely just the leader either thinks it is or wants it to be? That is such a wonderful question. Leaders go two ways. There's some leaders who, have a, um, who feel something in their gut, and they know something's wrong, but they can't really identify what it is. And so they, they know that they've lost their momentum, and they're trying to uh, achieve it. And uh, and this is a really good 
system to identify what it is and to, to show what, what the momentum is and what it could be. There's another type of leader who has no idea, who's in such a bubble, and, and, and those people around them are saying that, that, that they've either lost their momentum or something's going on, and they don't believe it, and they use, they use uh, our M factor, our, our, our metric of cultural relevancy, to assess it. And then, there's, um, and then there's a third situation where a leader will know that they have momentum and they have to bring everybody along to see it. So we see all three scenarios, but the most typical scenario that we see is a leader who knows something's wrong and can't put their finger on it. Mm. Mm. I was just thinking about, you know, people like Apple have, have had such, um, uh, you know, loads of stuff written about them and so much publicity over the years um, for the innovation and so on. And so many people sort of hold them up as an example of how they'd like their organization to be. But it's one thing wanting it and completely different actually implementing <laughs> in um, most cases, isn't it? I just wonder well, sometimes. Apple, people... Sorry, Karen? Apple's a culture of innovation, right? Of always, uh, 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 of always trying to do something better. That, uh, whether it's form factor, whether it's uh, the way it operates, it, 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 it goes, it's so deeply entrenched in their culture to innovate. So Apple doesn't try to disrupt itself. Apple doesn't say, we've done it this way and now we're going to go somewhere completely different. They don't uh-huh. do that at all. They make everything, they make every product uh, a little better than something else. Uh, and they use a number of different levers to, uh, to do that. Yeah, yeah. I just think, you know, some leaders might look at that and think, oh, you know, we want to sort of model ourselves on what they do, but actually their sort of characteristics are so completely different that that, that, that doesn't work because they've misunderstood what creates that momentum, I guess. Yeah, well, I think that's exactly right. Um, I'll give you an example. At, at my company, at DecodeM, we are a disruptive company, not an innovative company. Our idea was to completely reimagine and reinvent what research and analytics, that we didn't want to use the conventional metrics of polling or of social media analytics. We wanted to create our own metrics, and that's why we pursued momentum, that we weren't looking to do something incrementally better or innovate on things that existed, we wanted to do something completely different. And that, that's what makes our company unique. And when we talk to our clients or we talk to uh, prospective clients, that's what they like about it, that we are completely, when they say you're an out-of-the-box thinker, uh, what they're really saying is you're completely disruptive. So how do you continue to be disruptive rather than ending up incrementally improving what you've got and becoming perhaps more innovative? <laughs> well, that's so momentum requires uh, continuous transformation. And so as soon as we start to feel some success, we uh, reinvent ourselves. We're, we're, we, we question what we're doing and is there a better way? And we're happy to, um, we're happy, our momentum comes from our constant disruption and our, um, our, our belief that everything is knowable you just need to know where to look, and we're always looking at new places. Mm-hmm. 
but, but that's a very important cultural. So I'm, I'm as a leader, I'm continuously challenging my team to do things differently. Why do we have to do it the same way that we did it two years ago? Uh-huh. So what does that mean in terms of, of recruiting people into that team and then sort of motivating them and keeping them engaged? Because some leaders, some organizations might explain engaging people and leading them as being about creating sort of security and um, certainty about the plan and making sure people stick to it and all that sort of stuff. And clearly you're doing something completely different and that presumably means different types of people. Correct. We, 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 um, we, we recruit people who are very comfortable uh, zigzagging a little bit. Like we're not going to follow a linear plan because we're this, because we're disruptive. We're not going to find a linear plan and have Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 objectives that we're happy to, um, to pursue different routes. Uh, that does not mean that there's not several of the firms that I compete against who are all about innovation, are about constant innovation and making things better. But, but in today's world, where so much is changing so fast that you really have to have a level of, uh, uh, of nimbleness to you. So we're always seeking out those people who are the most agile uh, thinkers who are uh, nimble in their approach and don't mind turning on a dime. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean in terms of how you manage them and lead them? So that's quite a, a, um, a moving feast, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, to, to maximize momentum, you have to be ready for continuous transformation. I'll give you an example. If you're trying to maximize your momentum, then as you're uh, achieving you know, business or personal success, you cannot wait until you achieve the apex of your success to then transform. That as you're uh, ascending, at some point, you have to be willing to go on to the next thing before it's too late. It's, uh, the, the practical is, you know those people who leave a party a few minutes early you know, rather than waiting until the party's sort of winding down, they leave. Mm-hmm. The, they might leave the party just a little bit early, uh, and knowing that they enjoyed the best parts of the party. That's kind of what mm-hmm. it is in business. Is you, if you're going to make continuous transformation, you can't wait until your momentum is starting to drop before you on to the next thing. You have to make that transformation while your momentum is still building. Yes. Yeah. So does that mean mean that you have more turnover of staff? Uh, we have turnover of staff of people who can't handle constant change. So uh-huh. we have to we have to have people who are who are very comfortable with change. If you need, uh, so we actually have very good retention of those people who fit and those people who don't fit uh, leave right away. Now we try to do a better job in recruiting so it doesn't happen, but it, of course yeah. it can. Yeah, and is there is there a way of determining some of that sort of attitude that fits with the different drivers? Absolutely. Um, you, you, have, you, you can assess them through the interview process. We've developed a short questionnaire that helps us to see if they're in the momentum mindset. 
And so if they are, then they'll fit. Mm-hmm. What about the whole concept of, we talk a lot to, uh, at the moment about diversity and inclusion, and there's always that sort of dilemma of how you sort of culturally get people all in the same place, but you also want people to be really different to each other. And and in all organisations, I think there's a, um, a a sort of difficulty in getting those two things together. It strikes me that this this um, probably exacerbates that even further. How how do you make sure that you that you get that sort of diversity, you get these people that are different, but also get those people, as you say, that suits the culture and, and are going to stay because it works for them? Well, in any, in any business, you can't have too much of one thing. So you need some people yeah. who are introverts, some people who are extroverts, uh, people from different cultural backgrounds who might look at uh, issues or challenges or opportunities Differently, so you can be very inclusive and diverse, and yet within that, they have to be in the momentum mindset, or it won't work. There's 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 no reason to hire uh, to work with a, someone who's not in the momentum mindset because they'll be very frustrated uh, working with us. So uh, I think a lot of leaders confuse uh, cultural uh, diversity or um, and, and inclusivity. Um, rather than uh, having a mindset that you have to be extremely focused or your organization won't come together. Now, mm-hmm. look, we're a small company. We're 20 people. If you're a multinational with 40,000, then you can obviously have, um, you, you're going to have so many different skill sets throughout the organization. Then you can, you know, the, the, the finance people and the marketing people might have very little in common. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going into the last couple of minutes of the show. Um, what what sort of um, tips have you got or, or final thoughts have you got for people who are thinking about momentum within their organization and what, what they can do to take that into account? Well, the, the, the most important thing to understand about momentum is to understand, uh, do you have it? Have you measured it? And how is it going to impact you? The worst the worst time to, to, to look at momentum is when you've lost it. And so uh, it, you have to be very open to the fact that uh, momentum does go any which different way, that it has these five drivers, and you have to be uh, open enough to accept that there are metrics that go beyond uh, financial metrics. Mm. And you talked before about it being all sort of around an organization not just within the organization also what the customers think and and the market and so on and and competitors the momentum forces impact us all the time we're we're living in a profound period with 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 covid where people think that we might be uh stagnating and it's just the opposite there is so much momentum for different things happening now that uh business leaders have to be the most nimble and the, uh, and, and the most open-minded, as the world is changing around us, how do you adapt? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think when it, when it all first started, everyone was a bit rabbit in the headlights. But as you say, things are moving so quickly everywhere now that, um, that there is a, a lot of movement. Uh, as well, you say, 
Yeah. The idea that we're going back to, the, to our old routines is ridiculous. Um, we are, yeah. the way we work, the way we go to school, uh, you know, and learn, the way that our family operates are, are profoundly changed and will never go back. No, no. And as you say, just to finish, there is a lot of momentum behind that. Yeah. <laughs> In one direction or another. And truthfully, um, I don't know if it's a bad thing. And I don't, I, 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 I don't know if, I don't personally know if we should have been wearing masks the whole time anyway, like just as a, as a, as a way of personal health. I, maybe we should have been more aware of our environment and all the people around us. That, that doesn't strike me as the worst thing. We just have to uh, adapt to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been really interesting talking to you today. Thank you for joining me. And um, I mentioned your book at the beginning. What's the name of the book? The book is called uh, Maximum Momentum. And you can, uh, right now all the bookstores are closed, so you can buy it on uh, <laughs> Amazon. It's, it's, no, it's the most interesting thing. It used to be, I, I would say, buy it uh, at your bookstore or buy it at Amazon. And now, um, very sadly, the bookstores are mostly closed or gone away, so Amazon is the place. Yes, yeah. And as I say, I do recommend it. It's uh, it's uh, uh, very readable. So thank you. Thank you for joining me today, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Have a very good day. Lovely. And just to let you know, next week, Joan Moffat will be back and she'll be talking to Baljit Kaur, who's talking about diversity um, and inclusion, um, how the agenda has evolved and what learning we can from this. Um, and Baljit's from the Innate Consultancy Limited. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.